Welcome to another episode of the Dose of Leadership podcast, the show that brings you inspiring and educational interviews with today's most relevant and motivating leaders. Each episode is dedicated to highlight real-life leadership and influence experts who dedicate their lives to the pursuit of the truth, common sense, and courageous leadership. And now, here's your host, Richard Ryerson. Hello, welcome to Dose of Leadership. So happy you're tuning into the episode. I've got a great guest today. Ricardo Gamara is on the show. When I started out doing Dose of Leadership, these are my some of my favorite type of conversations, but talking to entrepreneurs, people who have stepped out, who have this level of tenacity, this level of intensity of will, if you will. You've heard me talk about this on the show. It comes up time and time again. If people ask me all the time, what is the biggest takeaway or that you've learned from almost having 500 conversations with people on the show? And it is the, the overriding theme that keeps coming up is tenacity, that you never quit. Yeah, you got to be good at something, but it's less about the talent. It's more about the never giving up. But also, I think, to take it even a step further is if you have this humble, teachable spirit. And that's what Ricardo has in spades. He's a triumphant entrepreneur who formed various other enterprises in the creative arts industry. He moved from Detroit when he was very young as a young man and moved to Southern California. He built a company called Focus on Cars, which was an automotive prep company. Very interesting story behind that, which catered to the automotive advertising industry. And then he also created South Bay Studios, a huge production studio facility where in 1984, and he, tons of music videos, production, Hollywood. It's such a cool story. And then after many years of being in that space in the creative production industry, he made this kind of shift, this confident move, and set off to launch his very own tequila brand. Very interesting. And not knowing, again, going out there with just kind of this bold tenacity and, and wanting to figure out how to create this premium, ultra-premium tequila. And he did it. He created Awesome Broso Tequila, and it's matured into a nationally acclaimed ultra-premium brand and one of the, quote, top tequilas, according to the San Francisco Spirits Competition. And it's just an amazing story and so fun to sit down and talk with someone like Ricardo. You're really going to appreciate, again, his humble, teachable spirit. You can tell he has a huge heart, and he's just one of those those stories that, that keeps me motivated and reminds me, and even of how crazy this world is, there are people like Ricardo that are out there that are creating things, making things happen, taking the risks, and we can all learn something from from listening to Ricardo, and you're going to really enjoy this conversation. And I'm super excited, too, because after this conversation, Ricardo's a big fan of the show, and he decided to sponsor some episodes here. So he is a brand new sponsor, and I'm so excited that they're a part of the Dose of Leadership family, family and supporting my enterprise. And I got to tell you, their tequila company, you know, I'm not a big drinker. And I'll tell you that first and foremost, I appreciate a fine wine. I appreciate fine spirits, but we all have these bad memories, or at least I do, that bad tequila night where we'd swear off tequila. And it was probably because we were, we were drinking some cheap, nasty tequila. And I got to tell you, Osombroso tequila is absolutely one of the best tequilas I have ever had. Seriously, this juice is amazing, especially their Grand Reserva. It tasted so smooth. It's got hints of butterscotch, caramel, which I absolutely love. And every time I've given this to one of my friends, it absolutely blows their mind. And it's going to blow your mind as well. You got to check out Osombroso Tequila. They make it super easy to buy it. Go to atequila.com. That's the letter atequila.com to order it. And it shows up right at your door. And what's great is you can use an exclusive code. Use the code LEGEND. That's L-E-G-E-N-D for 10% off your first purchase. You got to check them out. 
so happy Ozombroso is a sponsor of the show. All right, let's get on with this great conversation with the CEO and founder of Ozombroso here on Dose of Leadership. Well, Rick, I'm so excited to have you on Dose of Leadership. Welcome to the show, my friend. Thank you. Looking forward to the conversation. Yeah, I I love your from what I've read about your story. I, I mean, my curiosity's peaked. I got a lot of questions. I love entrepreneurial stories, origin stories. I love your tequila, by the way. What a great sipping sipping tequila. I mean, my God, you know, particularly when you go, you have these bad memories of tequila. But when you finally find like really nice fine tequila, it's it's really good. So I just wanted to say that off the bat. Really great sipping tequila. It's so fun talking to people that had the bad experience, and then <laughs> you got to try this. And no, I just I can't even smell it. And I'm, no, try this, and they go, "Oh my God, I've never tasted anything like that." Yeah, and it's it happens amazing. all the time. It's <laughs> it's night and day. They don't even seem like it. Doesn't even like seem like it's in the same league, right? I mean, it's like that's right, the key, right. and it's like it's really good. So anyway, I'm that's excited. The fun to hear, of it all. Yeah, I'm excited to hear about your origin story. I love entrepreneurial stories. So how did it start for you? I mean, you you came from Detroit, right? I came from Detroit. I actually uh, was in high school, 17 years old, and uh, I had bought a, a rundown pizzeria. And got it going, still going to school, and got the thing going and just just kicked its butt, just did fantastic there. Woke up one day, said, I'm going to California. These are the short story. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, sold it and then drove out to California not knowing anybody. How old were you? And, God, uh, 23, wow, I guess. Wow, wow. 23, around there. And uh, worked at uh, my own three months and then started working at another company that uh, did the car commercials for all the big foreign and, and domestic uh, companies. And worked there for about a year and a half and then started my own company called Focus on Cars. And uh, we ended up landing uh, um, Mercedes, Jaguar, Mitsubishi, uh, Audi and, uh, then the big one GM, we ended up, uh, doing all the behind the scenes commercials for GM. That's interesting. So we did, yeah, we did some crazy stuff. I mean, they would call me and we were the only company handling them. And, uh, they would say, Hey, you know, we got to put 10 cars on a mountain and we need you to helicopter them up there while we film up there and, or put them on an iceberg or, cut them in half or blow them up or whatever they came up with, with their commercials, my company had to perform that. that is, so it was pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I didn't even know like a business would that exist. So you're prepping all these cars for commercials and it can be anything and everything, I guess. Right. I mean, how do you even prepare? For yeah. That? Yeah. We had full on paint facilities and modeling and, you know, just everything. It's all prototype really that you deal with. So it's cars you hadn't seen you know, maybe sometimes two years out and we would get those cars. And I remember one time my cousin backed into the taillight of one of the cars and he goes, we're all just standing there not talking. And we're looking at the taillight and we're like, what are we going to do? Oh my God. And it was $180,000 for the taillight. Oh my goodness. <laughs> he thinks he just broke a taillight, you know, on a car. Oh so goodness. it was all top security. Everything was enclosed and, just uh, a crazy, crazy company, you know, the, 
24 seven it ran, you know, they just, uh, all over the country and all over the world. So if they wanted to shoot a bull ring in Spain, I had to bring the cars there, do some of the camera systems, modify the cars and, oh my God. and shoot that. Yeah, it was pretty great. We did, I developed some high speed camera stuff, carbon fiber, real high end stuff that's still being used in the industry. We also developed a thing called a strip paint. So the cars are, they're, uh, you know, one of a kind and they're white or black and they mm-hmm. want to film it in, you know, silver. We developed a system where we painted the car and then it just peels off. The whole paint job just peeled off. Okay. I'm being kind of technical and, here, but how would you even do that? I didn't even know that's even possible. I mean, what, what, what's the, yeah, it's a rubber base that we came up with. And then it was called, called the strip paint. Everybody uses it now, but we started uh, developing that that's from the cool. beginning. So the, that was in 1984 when I started that company and then that just got bigger and bigger and bigger and uh, I mean it was crazy like they call up and Audi calls up and take a car and mount it on Hollywood Boulevard and hang it over the top of them and and we're going to film him holding the car up in the air (laughs) and uh, and he said we got a budget of you know $12,000. $12,000. I'm like, I'm not hanging a car over the top of Schwarzenegger <laughs> for 12 grand. Yeah, right. I said, you charge him 40 grand. And he, my buddy goes, we're going to lose that job. Okay. We're going to lose the job. And I said, I don't care. I'm not taking all that liability. Yeah. 10, 10 minutes later, he calls, he goes, okay, they want us to do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And they expect just, you to get, get all the permits and have all, I mean, yeah. How would you even, yeah. ins- how would you even ensure your business that? Oh my God. Oh, it's just crazy stuff. We'd take the whole interiors out of the cars, prototype cars, you know, million, Mm -hmm. sometimes million and a half dollar cars, take that whole interior out, build it on a platform. You think that the customers or the uh, people are driving a car and it's no car. The whole car is removed. The whole interior is removed and they're on what they call a seat buck. It's just a platform that looks like they're driving inside of a car. (laughs) And then. You know, I mean, just I could go on and on. It's just a crazy, crazy business. Well, I'm curious about, so, so you, leave, you leave Detroit. I mean, what was the, I mean, obviously you had sort of some dream or ambition. What was the ambition as you were driving to California? It certainly wasn't to start this, because this sounds like something you kind of just fell into and you kind of pivoted as, as you saw a need. So what was the dream? It's before? not that special of a dream. <laughs> it was a seven year relationship broke up with a girl oh, and cried yeah. all the way here. <laughs> that was the truth. A broken story. heart. A broken heart. A broken you. heart. Yeah. Bought a Corvette and just drove out here. Oh my God. That's funny. <laughs> Didn't know anybody. Just uh just started working right away and and got into the that whole car industry. That's amazing. So, so that was, that was, yeah, there was no dream. It was just get out of the cold. <laughs> yeah. Get away, get out of the cold, get away from the heartbreak. Yeah. As far as way as you yeah, can. Far as way as I could get from her, you know, <laughs> so that, and, uh, so that was the, the, the main, uh, takeoff from, uh, leaving Detroit to, to go to California. And so then I started that car company and, they film, we had to transport the prototype cars in enclosed vehicles and then bring them to Hollywood. And I came up with the idea to build my own studios in Long Beach where the car agencies were. Right. And I built, built a 150,000 square foot, 15 studio. Oh my God. Uh, yeah. Big, big operation 
with uh, lighting, uh, editing, a restaurant, stages, and all this custom uh, high, high-end lighting that you need to film a car. So it was the only one in the world. I had the biggest green screen. I had these 50, you know, 50 foot lights on gantry systems over the cars. And it, it became, uh, it, it uh, was where everybody shot their cars. That's Even amazing. my competition shot their cars there. So that yeah. so I had the car company in the back and you rolled the cars down the hallway instead of transporting them to Hollywood. Wow. Yeah, so it was a that sounds pretty like a big operation. Really cool business, and and so suffice to say, yeah, it was. In, in, suffice to say, any car commercial I saw in the '90s and the early 2000s probably had your fingerprints on it. Is is that a fair statement? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Just t- just tons of it. You know, we did the print and we did the high end videos. The company basically did all high end stuff. So at one point, we did worked on. You know, we didn't control the budgets or anything like that they just used my studio we did gi jane with demi moore we did tin cup with kevin costner did men of honor mm-hmm. actually did the whole boat scene where he cuts his leg off wow. in our my studio um and tons of movies and just uh thousands of rock videos really just thousands, thousands. like i've met <laughs> i've met every person on the planet oh Earth. my god like i said we could go like six hours on this, oh, man, I this love this, though. and great stories about you know working with the celebrities and the stuff that that uh happened in the studios oh that's just amazing you know, I, so yeah you, it was pretty pretty if, crazy if you look at yourself if you know the kind of the mindset you was you know coming from the heartbreak and and then you're, you're diving in this business obviously 20 five years plus in these two businesses. Um, I, I mean, I can imagine, you know, you, you deal all the entrepreneur, entrepreneurial horror stories, the leadership challenges, everything else. Right. I mean, what, sure. what type of, I guess I'm trying to get in, into your kind of mindset. Like what makes you tick? Obviously you have that entrepreneurial mindset, but at what point did you, from a leadership perspective, did you kind of, cause I'm looking, I'm, looking at you and I'm listening to you, you seem like this, this very composed, very calm force. Uh, and that, that takes a lot of intentionality when you're dealing with this kind of stuff and stress and pressure and everything else. Am, am I reading you right? I mean, is that what something that you kind of are intentional about? Like, like always trying to improve yourself, never kind of, always trying to be composed in a chaotic situation. I mean, that's what I sense from you. I don't know. What, what do you think when you it's, hear me say that? It's, it depends on the pressure. The pressure was so intense from GM. Yeah, I can imagine. It was. So what you try to do is foresee the problems, and that's what I excel at is is seeing ahead. I, I double do everything, everything, and I still in my life, even with the tequila and everything, I just I try to foresee the problems before they happen, and and try to do everything overdone. And I've I've tried to teach that to my kids, but so I I. I look at a situation and I say, well, why do they even do it that way? And then I could do it better. I could build a better mousetrap and now I got to execute. And it's like, we try to just everything we try to do, or I try to do, I try to overdo it just to, to not get into them situations. Yeah. But we certainly have been in some many yeah. situations. It's unavoidable, <laughs> right? I mean, I, I appreciate that. Yeah. As a pilot, I mean, same thing, right? I mean, we're always, it's like the mindset 
of a, of a professional aviator is you're always thinking about what could possibly happen. It's like it's always sure. there. It's like even in, yeah. the, in the low moments, like the professional aviator is always thinking. And even when we're up there and, you know, on a long 18-hour leg to, to Asia or wherever, and we're like, okay, what happens? You know, where are we going to go if this happens right now? And then we, we're always thinking about right. that, right? And, yeah, it's like Soli. I just watched that movie yeah. the other day, and I'm like, the guy's totally calm. <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah, we're going to land on the river. I'm like, they go, man, he was totally calm when he talked to called it in, you know. So that's the, yeah, that's the kind of the mindset. Yeah, but I would imagine. I try to have. I mean, when, with that, that's what I'm saying. That pressure from GM and those Hollywood studios and everything else and the chaos and and even though you can plan all those things, to me, it's like I overthink those things because I know there's going to be something that's going to pop up. Sure. And I'm not surprised when that kind of unforeseen thing pops up. And so it's like I kind of right. look at planning. So I, but I, I have to do that work. So I'm as prepared as possible to yep. deal with that thing I've never seen before, right? That, yeah, and I'm just a complete maniac risk taker. I just, when I look back at everything, it was like, what were you thinking to build a 150,000 square foot building out of Hollywood yeah. and try to get Hollywood to come there? Is It's monumental. And then I didn't hire a, a contractor or anything that we built the whole, the whole place ourselves. You did. So, um, it, it, I look back at that kind of stuff and just go, man, I don't know if I'd do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you, but looking back at that, obviously now with some wisdom and some, some marination of time, why do you think you did? I mean, I can appreciate that. I, I, th- I think I know why you did it. I mean, it's the same reason why we all kind of have it. Like, it's it's ambition, right? Which isn't a bad thing. Yeah, sure. But, but what... yeah, I worked eighteen hour days for twenty something years. Yeah, you know, slept a couple hours, and you know, I I took the time for my kids. You know, so we they rode motorcycles, and we did they had the motorhomes and all that stuff. So I worked super hard, but I was there for the kids to raising them. Uh, so I I took that very personal i mean i took that to the limit with uh you know even though i worked all them hours and stuff but i still made the time well for it, the but it's family al- it's almost like maybe i'm being presumptuous but it's almost like all of that to you is kind of living right i think that why you took those risks and why any entrepreneur kind of does that is like it's just it's kind of like that's the purpose of life, right? To I don't know to yeah, to write yeah. to, to create to and so it's like it's not like you're well I got to work to do X. It's like I just do this to exist because doing this is part of who I am. I don't know. Is that right? It's totally. It's you know I even have taught this to my my daughter and my son. You know, they both were starting jobs, and I said, "Go in early and stay late." Yeah. Don't worry about the paycheck. Yeah. Don't worry about they, they will find you. They will see you and you will get a raise and you will move up in the company. And I think that's the way I looked at life is like, well, this, if you looked at the money end of it and, and not the workload, you know, you would just walk away. Right. There's nobody would put that up. You know, I would, I would, go, you know, you're working these 18 hours 
And you're looking around saying, shit, how am I going to pay my rent? Right. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to do? And that went on and on, you know. So you had to have that work ethic that just, I don't know. I, I don't know if every, I don't know a lot of people that have it. Yeah. But I know I had that. <laughs> no, I get it. And I, but I, and I don't know if, yeah, and, I, and, and you know, the kind of level that you kind of performed at and that you've accomplished, probably not. But it, it, everybody, I think everybody, the human species is a little entrepreneurial by nature. I think sometimes it's just there. It just needs to be unleashed. doesn't mean you're going to be, sure. you're going to be the guy that opens up a 150,000 square foot facility, you know, hoping, you know, with no clients and hoping Hollywood's going to find you. I mean, that's, right. that's different, but it, at the same time, I mean, we had to, as a species, figure out how to create fire and find water and kill a yep. mammoth, you know, that took an entrepreneurial yep. mindset to figure out how to kill a mammoth. Yes. So, so I think it's there, but it's in varying degrees, but yeah, you're right. I, I love what you said. I, I said the same thing to my daughter just last week. She's eight. She just graduated high school. One of my daughter, my third daughter. And we were kind of talking, she was kind of talking about that, about, success and wanting you know she has this kind of hunger this gnawing that i call you know and i always have this gnawing too mm -hmm. like i always i have this gnawing all the time to do something to create or, or sure and and i said same thing about t getting a job i said do the things that nobody else wants to do and just do and do them with 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 enthusiasm Great. and gusto and you will get yes. saying like you said you you will get noticed because yeah they'll find you they'll find you because yep. there there will be a whole league of people that go on that's not in my job description. Don't be that person. Yeah. Yeah, I love these. Yeah, so then got the studios all going and all that good stuff. And as my wife said, when are you going to be happy or stop? <laughs> right. And so I got this great idea to open up the tequila company. Yeah. How did that idea manifest itself? What, what were you doing? So studios – GM, all that stuff, extremely complicated, extremely pressured. Mm. The tequila made that look like a punk. <laughs> the tequila is me? ten thousand times harder. Why? Than the than I. It's just a. It's a really tough go at it. That business. It's a. It's. You know, I've been doing it now twenty two years, but it it just is. Again, we'd have to talk for another. 20 hours but it just is it's what whatever you think in business and what is the best way to do something will not work in this industry so your marketing and your ideas and your hard work it doesn't it's not going to pay off you it's there's so many uh obstacles out there from the big boys from really? the big liquor companies that it just is mine it's like I mean, here's a perfect example. I'm down in San Diego. The, I got a whole wall that says Awesome Bro. So mm -hmm. painted on the wall. I'm sitting there and I said, hey, give me an Awesome Bro. So and they go, we don't carry it. <laughs> so I tell every customer that sees the wall, it's the a wall. gigantic wall. And that's kind of a sample of what the whole business was like. It was just everything you did that was entrepreneur something that's the greatest idea won't work <laughs> because so i invented i don't know if i you know that i uh, i started a whole bunch of stuff in this category i mean that no, no one ever had done 
I no, I brought me. just tons of in, uh, innovation to this industry. Again, looking at it and going, well, why do they do that? So the whole thing started with um, I uh, I went across to Rosarito and I bought some a tequila barrel. Okay. They're sitting there eating lobster, and I bought this barrel. Brought it back to my studios. I had a bar in literally in my office that I would let celebrities all come and stay, drink and party in there, which gave us a lot more business because the producers <laughs> liked it sure. and everybody liked it. Sure. I was thinking, you know. Yeah, right. And uh, so I had this barrel in there and they, all these celebrities were drinking it and going out of their minds over it. They said, this is the best tequila. I love tequila. This is the best I've ever had. Go back to Rosarita to, to get it to figure out how to bottle and do it. Mm-hmm. Well, it ends up, it's not tequila. It's grain alcohol. And the guy's lying. To oh me. my God. It's tequila. <laughs> so again, trying to keep the story short, I end up going down to Guadalajara to find a distillery to copy this, to get it close to that. Can't find it. I buy a rundown distillery in Don't Mexico. know how to make tequila oh in God, Mexico, Rick. in Tala, Tala, Mexico. Oh my God. Rebuild it because this is all 100% blue agave. So it's got to be certified. Sure. And you got all these regulations like champagne is or cognacs are. Rebuild the whole thing from the boilers to the pump systems to the vats and get it certified and opened. In Mexico. I don't know how to make tequila. Oh my God. Dude. I'm like, yeah, oh, so you, so, you know, we need to pump this over to the fermentation tanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, okay. So uh, we'll put that all in stainless. We need a seven horse motor, stainless motor to pump that over to here. And we need this vat to do this. And when, so it's like, yes, we need this size boiler. We need this, you know, pot still. We need this thing. So the first tequila that I release, my assistant, who still works for me, um, puts it in a world spirits competition. Okay. I said, what did you do that for? We're nobody. People don't even know the name awesome Broso. And she, she said, I thought you would like it. And I go, ah, it's 400 bucks. It's just worth it's, We're there's, there's 367 tequilas in there. It ends up being a blind tasting. We won. No kidding. We won. <laughs> and I told her, I said, what a great idea you had. Yeah, right. <laughs> but wait, I gave her a, a, I gave her a bonus. Yeah, I, I imagine. <laughs> hey, we're about halfway through the conversation, but I got to talk to you about my brand new sponsor, Awesome Broso Tequila. I got to tell you, this stuff is crazy good. It's easy to sip. It's perfect for gifts. I got the holidays coming up. And when I first tasted this tequila, it absolutely blew my mind. We all have bad memories of tequila, but this stuff is out of this world. I love this company. It's a trusted, family-owned and operated company. They've been creating tequila for many years, but they've perfected this unique, time-honored craft, producing what I consider and is considered the best tequila in the world. From their La Rosa Reposado, aged in Bordeaux wine barrels, which creates this really cool pink hue, to their Gran Reserva Ulta Añejo, my favorite, which is aged in new French oak casks. Each tequila is as unique as it is flavorful. 
Azambroso Tequila is honored to have received many awards throughout the years, notably the prestigious Rob Report's Best of the Best and Top Tequila in the San Francisco World Spirits Competition. Although they have acquired many accolades throughout the years, their customers are what matter the most. Their continuous support and reorders are what motivates the driving force to keep producing the world's best-tasting tequila year after year. You can't go wrong with this stuff. You can find out the complete line of Asombroso tequilas on their purchasing site, atequila.com. That's the letter, atequila.com. Use the discount code LEGEND, and you'll receive 10% off your first order. Go check them out. Asombroso tequila. Really good stuff. But I, Okay, there, there's a lot of in-between there that I'm curious about. So you didn't know how to make tequila. Who were you looking to for guidance? I mean, there had to be somebody you were asking questions or trying to model or something. Yeah, the guys that owned the Rundown Distillery okay. helped me. And I'm one of them guys that looks at it and goes, well, that makes sense. You know, uh-huh. I'm mechanically, I'm, I'm right. just that everything, you know, that's what, how that other car company was. You know, it just mm-hmm. everything kind of put together made all the sense in the world to me as you did. And it's a, you know, distilling's a pretty simple process in the, in the first place. So I, once they... You know, you go, well, we have to have this or we have to have that, you know, and it it all made sense uh, rebuilding it and then getting it certified. And so when you got it, that was a heck of a day when we got it certified. I can imagine. (laughs) When you, so when you you get this first batch or or the one that you said, yeah, this is it, were the people that were helping you that were down in Mexico and like, oh, yeah, this is good stuff? I mean, were they telling you that before you? They were like, oh, man, this is really good. Yeah. And I, I, I did crazy stuff. I, I built my own filtration. Okay. I, I even, you know, it comes out, some of the alcohol comes out at 150 proof, you know, you know, you have to bring it down to 80 and I would aerate it instead of using distilled water to, to bring it down. I would aerate it for four days, five days. And nobody would does bring that. it down naturally. And that's, then that... I would add the distilled water to okay. it stuff. I just did stuff out of the ordinary that, you know, wasn't common in the, in the business. And wow. so I built my own filtration systems and, and, you know, that was real common for me to mechanically to, to, to do this kind of stuff. So then the innovation started coming right away is um, you rest in barrels. That's kind of what I'm known for. And the first barrel, everybody uses old whiskey barrels Mm -hmm. in the tequila business. And the first barrel to make my Reposado, which is the silver tequila that won the award. Now you're going to put it in a barrel. So it's always that silver tequila that goes in all my tequilas that are rested in barrels. So the first barrels, I I went to uh, Bordeaux, France and brought the barrels back used Bordeaux wine wow. barrels instead of old whiskey barrels. Interesting. Which caused the tequila to be pink in color and pick up the nuances of oh the wine my. in the barrel. Well, the Mexican government did not like my little idea. They didn't like it. Said you cannot adulterate tequila. You can't color it. I said I didn't color it and I didn't adulterate it. I put it in a Bordeaux barrel. And I rested it under a year so I could call it a reposado. I did everything you said. He said, well, you can't color or adulterate. I said, I didn't. So that took two years to fight. And I won. You won. (laughs) And Mr. Patron copied me with the Bordeaux. 
Yeah. I, so I, they started their, their yeah. wine resting. And that was one of the innovations. Then uh, the next one was resting a length of time. Like I, I rested uh, the one of the first tequilas to ever go five years, six years, seven years. And what, meanwhile, I'm selling the Reposado, I'm selling the silver. So, mm-hmm. and I'm, I, I just let that stuff rest. And so we were, and nobody was doing it at the time. So that became a new category called extra Nejo. Okay. And that's a, that's a tequila that's rested three years or over. Or over. Well, I had started doing it before anybody had started doing it. Wow. And the other innovation was I took uh, tequila from one barrel and stuck it into a secondary barrel. So you were in one barrel, then and you no went one to had, one. Yeah, no one done that. Okay. Yeah. So I would take it, you know, the five-year barrel and stick it in a gram Gramignet barrel and double barrel rest it. Or I, I did a deal with um, uh, Silver Oak, the wine Napa wine mm-hmm. company in uh, – I took a uh, 11 year tequila and stuck it in a Cabernet Sauvignon 2010 Napa silver oak barrel. <laughs> I double rested the tequila. It's one of the highest rated tequilas in the world right now. Wow. So it was that kind of stuff that brought um, a bunch of innovation. I'm, I told my wife the other day, I said, man, I'm, I'm flattered by it. I go, well, I'm sick of telling everybody copy of me. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so if you looking looking at this, and so what? Two thousand two is when is that officially when you started the tequila business, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, we're, we're, well, kind of prior to that, there was more to it, but yeah, yeah. yeah. It, officially, it's two thousand two. So here, twenty years later, I mean, has it scratched a certain itch by by doing that? I mean, did it scratch a certain itch? Um. What do you, I don't understand. Well, like, you know, I'm kind of going back to when your wife was saying, when you get, when, when are you going to be done or when are you going to be happy or something like that? I mean, if you look back at this now, did the, did the, the tequila business, is this more, did it satisfy something internally you as opposed to like working on the car business? I mean, if you look at the two, they're two I differently. Think, I mean, sure. I think we, I went through the roller coaster of the business that mm-hmm. I just was like, what are you doing? It, you know, as I told you that, the better the idea, the worse it worked. So I went through this roller coaster, and I'm at the point now that uh, I'm so passionate in it, and I'm so happy with it, and I'm so excited. I just got back from Mexico bottling, and I can't wait to get back down there. We just got a big, bigger warehouse, and uh, just it's just been so fulfilling. I love and that. it wasn't at times. Sure, you know, well. it was but, was, Jesus, but, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I doing this? <laughs> right, exactly. So it, it's gotten to the point now where I'm so excited with the business and so passionate. And I sold all them other companies, by the way. Yeah. Right. The, the studios sure. and the car company and all that, that's all gone now. And so that gives you the freedom. So it's all freedom tequila. To, right. Yeah. Freedom to, to, to just totally invest in that. But that's great, though. I mean, I, I look at that even to the point to where you left Detroit and all these little um, kind of milestones along the way, you're you're constantly jumping off a cliff, not knowing when the parachute's going to open. But somewhere in the back exactly. of back of your mind, it's I really appreciate that because I do think that's how life should be lived. And again, it doesn't have to be that extreme for everybody. I mean, the, the jumping off the cliff, 
is relative. I mean, it, my cliff looks different than your cliff, but I think sure. jumping off and just having the faith that the parachute is going to open, I, I think that's part of your, that's, I don't know. I think that's, that's the type of life I want to lead anyway, that we're, if I can have the courage, at least take that step. Right. And, and, right. and know that the, par- I may get banged up against the cliff as I'm going down, but I know that the parachute's going to open at some point. Right. And, you know, I think it's the hard work that, you know, of course you got something figured out why you're going to do it. You know, I don't know. Do you know that we, I I started a whiskey company. Yeah. (laughs) Do you know? Yeah. So this here was super bad timing with the tequila and the rays that we're doing and everything Mm -hmm. super bad. And it just went off. And I just, I just had that feeling and that too many things have been handed to me. But this has been handed to me. I, I had an idea that the salted caramel was going to was gonna go off. You know, it's going to do really good. It's not going to be the hard work that I put into the, uh, you know, my partner here, Andy, uh, he said, man, we got to do all this marketing. I said, absolutely not. I'm not going through what I went with the tequila. Either this thing flies or it doesn't fly. And we took the, took the chance, and it's it's doing really well. Great. Crazy good. Yeah. So, yeah, I think uh, – not knowing and then jumping off that cliff, but then knowing, you know, like going, no, I'm not, I'm going to fight this thing. I'm mm-hmm. not going to let, I don't care what's going to happen. I, I believe in it, you know? Yeah. So we just starting our own bottling company now too. We're going to end up bottling the whiskey ourselves. Awesome. Um, so, you know, that one thing relates. I'm curious about, um, and this is tequila, kind of a, a nerdy tequila question, but do the plants have to be grown in Mexico? Do the agave plants have to be? I mean, yeah. What, like, yes. Is it and not only grown, they got to be in a certain uh, region. And we only use uh, 100% blue agave, blue agave for all my tequilas. Yeah. 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 So it's, and, and all of ours is a, a state grown. It's, uh, like I said, it's rewarding now. It's, <laughs> yeah. it's a fun business. Yeah. And I and it's kind of cool. I you know, I've been going there so long. So when I get down to Mexico, I bring some friends or whatever and I know all the cool places mm-hmm. and the good food and the whole bit. Yeah. So that part's uh pretty nice too. I love that. How many people well, how big's your team? I'm curious. Like if you think it like it's tiny. Yeah. We're, we're just you know, you go over there. You got to clean the bathroom today. Yeah, so every, everybody's got to wear a lot of hats today. Yeah, Rick, drive. Rick, you got to take the uh, cases down to Costco <laughs> tomorrow. <laughs> so to answer that, we got people in Northern California. We got people in Texas. We got people in Southern California. Um, we got uh, there's probably six of us in the office here. So it's growing. Yeah. It used to be so tiny and so, like, I'm serious. I'd load that truck and deliver this stuff and get back to the office and figure out, you know, the next problem. But um, all in all, we when we're hiring, so the new states we're launching, we're, we're hiring uh, district managers and sales reps. We hired truck drivers now. We're wow. getting a new truck driver. We just bought new vans. And we're, we got uh, uh, truck drivers in Northern California now, and it's, it's, it's really growing to the, I guess, I guess again, it's, it's turning into fun. Yeah. I, I love, you know, I, I've known a lot of entrepreneurs and, and listening and, and kind of watched them over the years in their startup 
journey. And it is funny how, you know, everybody has to do everything. Like you said, I got to, like, I'm wearing multiple hats. I'm cleaning the bathroom. I'm marketing. I'm trying right. to raise funds. At some point, though, you know, to, to, to scale it, you have to start letting things go and start focusing on yep. developing in the leadership stuff, right? I mean, obviously, you probably saw that in your studios and your car dealers in, in, the, in the car business, right? Sure, sure. I mean, what yeah, can, you gotta, you gotta, gotta get the right people. Well, that's that's, what, that's the, what I was gonna ask the you. The better See, people around you. And like, even I was gonna ask and you I'm a, on doing the raise. Like, I, I mean, I wouldn't know how to do that either. I mean, are you finding people that can help you doing, or are you just kind of figuring out as you go type of thing? Are you surrounding yourself by people that know how to do these things, or are you just kind of? No, we we do all the licensing for the tequila company for all the states. All this complicated stuff. You know, we own our own distributing company, too, mm -hmm. which is a monumental thing to try to get going. Um, we do it ourselves. That's amazing. Everything's done ourselves. All You know, they have big companies that license for liquor companies for all the states. Yeah. And we do it all. Dude, I remember uh, one of the states, Michigan, or one of them said, this is the best paperwork. You wouldn't believe how bad the paperwork is always that <laughs> people are applying and we go well we did it ourselves <laughs> so everything's done uh you know i i don't know you haven't met andy i don't mm -hmm. think you can see him there. i can there, see can him you? yeah i see him back there hey andy andy's andy's really handled the majority of the the race with the sec mm -hmm. and i am at awe when he's talking and when he i just i walk out of the room and i say my god i could never do it with without him <laughs> like it, it's amazing like yeah and he does he's never done it that's fun. and he's got i don't know if he's got them all fooled but they're all on <laughs> they got to answer to him and he's got the sec dancing and the that's awesome you know everybody yeah he's he's amazing honestly it's it's really a, a crazy environment hey, it sounds like that it. he has figured it out i love you it know? i love those stories and i mean seems like it'd be a fun place to work and I mean, working around that type of energy and, and everything's new every, every single day. I love those type of challenges. It so yeah, it's something different every day. You know, I, the people that work for me at my studios. So what is that? 84. We started a baby was 12 years with me. Most of the people were 25, 26 years wow. that worked for me. Yeah. Most of the employees that's, I remember starting the car company and there's nine of us and we're, we get a check from Toyota. We, I said, here's the check. You need, you, what do you need? Well, my rent's paid. I'm good this week. What do you need? <laughs> and we would divide the money. up. Oh my God. <laughs> that's the kind of devoted people I had and still do, you know, that's that great. Well, that's we, a, we would divide the check up. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I mean, that's that's great. Well, it's a testament, I guess, to your style of of leadership. I don't know if you intentionally look at yourself as, you know, you think if you think about leadership explicitly. I mean, obviously, you got a great, again, kind of composed. I'm 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 always. I think the key is, like I said, being the composed force in a chaotic situation. I think that's what people look for in these sure. type of situations. And it seems like, again, I haven't worked with you in stressful situations, but I'm, you wouldn't have that longevity of employees if you weren't that composed force 
No, you can't go back there and start yelling and screaming. They, they, you know, and you can't have them working for you for twenty-seven years that way. Exactly. You know, no one would, no, no one would do it. You know, yeah. So we all get along really good. It's a family. You know, it really is. Your, your parents, your old man, your mom were they great influences? Who, who were like kind of the big influences in your life? Uh, My dad worked at Chrysler's. You know, uh, he, he actually did some of the test testing of the cars and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And the proving ground, once they call it. And then, uh, my mother was a stay home mother. And, uh, you know, my dad, you know, almost lived from paycheck to paycheck Mm kind of guy. Uh, he would not take a chance at anything. Yeah. He went and got his paycheck and he worked and would not, you know, just the way his, his whole life was. And I look back, he's passed away since my mom has too. My mother taught me to respect everybody and to, to, to work hard and to, you know, she was the backbone to, to who I am. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. My dad would not take a chance at it. Did that frustrate as a teen? I kept, my dad was kind of the same way. I mean, I love my dad. He was great. But I remember when I was a teenager, yeah. I would watch him. I was – he had a friend that was real entrepreneurial. His best friend was really entrepreneurial, and he wasn't. Sure. And I remember getting mad – I'm kind of embarrassed to admit this, but I remember getting mad at my dad for not being like his friend, which was dumb for me. Yeah. But, you know, but I remember just – I did the same thing. I did the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. he was in all at all in awe when I started the pizzeria at 17, yeah. he just was, he couldn't, you know, he, he couldn't be any prouder, but he couldn't get his mind. Yeah. How the heck are you? I put all the money into it and I didn't have enough money for gas to get to the thing <laughs> on the opening day. And I had to borrow like four bucks from my mom. Oh my God. That's funny. Yeah, but I had the whole place all ready to go. That's great. Yeah, he 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 would not have taken them chances. And I and I remember him retiring, and they forced him retirement out of Chrysler. And I said, Dad, it's not going to go down. That's thing, you know. I don't know what year it was. I said, just stay, stay the extra and get your full pension. And he would not do it. Wow. He would not. And it was a it was a bad move. Yeah. To be honest with you. Yeah. It was a really bad move. But uh, and he did all, all right after yeah. it all. But he just wouldn't take chances. Yeah. He's not that kind of guy. <laughs> well, I'm I'm so happy for you, man. I love hearing these stories. I mean, the tequila's great. Um, so what's next for you? What are you hoping? Uh, obviously, we talked about the raise a little bit and, and getting that. I mean, what what's next for you guys? What are you hoping to have happen here in the next five I, ten years? I think the 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 next thing is to take this thing to the five more levels just really use this money right and, and and do the things that i've learned internationally and domestically and we we have this whole thing laid out and it's a two-year plan and then we're going to sell the company that's the that's the plan right is i've been doing this since i was a kid I'm certainly not burned out in any way right now. I'm like I said, I'm super excited, but the idea is to open up internationally, get the domestic market going, you know, five levels higher than we got. And we, we think we're going to be able to do that. I've hired uh, the right people to take it to the next level. 
or the next five levels, I call it, because we want to just kill it. And we, we already started. And all our promises on the first race, we, we surpassed it all. That's great. Everything that we said we were going to do, we surpassed it all. So that's the, the big plan. Well, I'm excited for you, man, and I'm and I'm happy that we got connected here on Dose of Leadership. I, you know, anything we can do to support you and in, in your entrepreneurial growth, um, consider this a, a welcome home. Um, again, I think it's I think you're really onto something unique and special. And uh, obviously, I, I mean, the type of leadership and entrepreneurship and the the mindset that I think it would be a fun place to work. And so I I'm, I just salute you and applaud what you've done so far. Thank you so much. How can people... Well, you're no sloucher either. (laughs) (laughs) How can people learn more about you and and West Coast Craft Spirits and and Awesome Broso? How how can people find more about you and get in touch? Well, they can go to... The the raise itself is on StartEngine. Okay. So you go to uh, startengine.com or you can go to adequila.com. And the A tequila really is the place to go because you go to that and then that leads you to the start engine. And then there's all the information about the tequila and the whole, you know, uh, the different brands and what we're doing and everything really gets into detail. And then um, there, there's the shop end of it, the uh, shop, Shopify site that gets into the purchasing and all that kind of stuff. But ma- mainly it's A tequila. A tequila. That, uh, yeah. Yeah, just the letter A, tequila. You know how I got that? How? I was at Gene Simmons' house. No way. And I, I swear to God, and I hand him my business card, and it says, awesomebrosotequila.com. First of all, I hand him my business card, and he takes a big rubber stamper, and he stamps Gene Simmons on it <laughs> and hands it back to me. <laughs> hands me back my card. That's funny. Like, what the heck just happened here? And he looks at it and he goes, that's the stupidest name I've ever seen, awesomebrosatequila.com. He goes, you should have it just like adequila.com, he tells me. Oh so God. I go back and I get the domain and I call him and he goes, you owe me money. <laughs> <laughs> that is hilarious. I just got us this true story. That's where adequila came oh, from. Oh, I love that story. <laughs> Oh yeah. my God, that is Chased so great! The rubber stamper and stamps the card. <laughs> so funny, Gene Simmons. So yeah, that's the best way to go. Awesome. I think, is the the a tequila a tequila dot com. I'll have links to that on the uh, the show notes, and so people can connect with you. Uh, Rick, so awesome to have you on the show. Thanks for coming on. Hang on, we'll talk for a minute after we stop oh. recording. But thanks for coming on the show. Oh yeah, thank you for inviting me. Appreciate it. Hey, thanks so much for tuning into the show. I hope you got some value out of this episode. If you did, please do me a huge favor. Tell somebody about this show. Tell your spouse, tell your kids, tell your coworkers. Let them know about the value that Dose of Leadership brings to your world. Go to doseofleadership.com. You can learn more about my services. If you're looking for somebody to speak, teach, or coach about leadership, I'm your guy. I'm known for my ability to transform individuals and organizations, teaching them the concept of creating a culture of decentralized leadership. I do think that is the secret sauce to facing all the challenges that we face today. Thanks so much for tuning into the show. I look forward to the next time we're together. And until the meantime, make it a great one.